Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I'm your host, Chris Swick, and on this podcast, we talk about mental health, addictions, eating disorders, ADHD, and really anything anyone's afraid to talk about, we talk about it on this platform. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. does not matter what walk of life you come from. You're all welcome on my platform. Before we get started, though, head over to that YouTube channel, same name as the podcast, Hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, or head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, really wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find my show on there. And hit me up over on Instagram if you ever want to reach out and just need someone to chat to. I'm out. My DMs are always open for a good old chat about mental health addictions or just anything you're struggling with at Depths of Dark Side over on Instagram. But with no further ado, I'd love to introduce you to my next guest. I got Mike. Dina Talley from the Boston area of the USA. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. And it's interesting you say, too, we can talk about mental health. We can talk about anything on here, and that's good because I have a lot of that. Like you said, I'm Mike Dina Talley, um, 31 years old. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and dual diagnosis, bipolar, one disorder, as well as a, a vicious drug addiction started with opiates turned into meth and just my whole life started before the drugs i can identify the addiction the disease in myself even in school as as young as like elementary school middle school my first addiction was like people's opinion of me like their validation if i could make a couple people laugh even if it was at someone else's expense i I was so like addicted to that and um it got me in so much trouble it turned into suspensions and getting expelled from school finally in high school and once i started getting high we could talk about the trauma there's a lot of trauma in my in my childhood with like my parents divorce and it's just like really complicated and a lot of different moving parts and when i started getting high i was like that's my solution drugs turned into my solution like i had so many other problems other than like my drugs uh, other than like my drug habit and stuff that like drugs are they were everything for me until they they turned on me. And that's, it started like slow, like the weekends and stuff. And then before I knew it, I was shooting heroin at 16 years old. I started with Oxycontin, OC80s. I was just snorting them. Went to my first treatment center at 16, learned how to shoot heroin in there and started getting high. And now I'm, needles are in the picture and overdoses are happening. And my family sent me down to Florida. That's something that's really common here in the States. People basically just up and leave their hometown and they go down to South Florida or out in California and they try to get clean. And for me, I was down there eight and a half years and it was a nightmare because I was trying to get clean down there. I was all on my own and I was on my dad's insurance until I was 26 years old. So 21 to 26, I'm just hitting every treatment center I can down there, all these detoxes, just letting Blue Cross Blue Shield take care of me down. And then once that ran out and I turned 27, I was on my own. And I had 23 overdoses. I was homeless in multiple different states. I've been in multiple different hospitals, like hospitalizations for manic episodes, all kinds of crazy stories. And I'm just qualifying. I'm just kind of letting you know, like, life got real dark. And it's... It was really dark before I found crystal meth. And once I found that, it was like everything got darker. And there's a little crime that came into play. 
And because it's really anything to get that next one when it's when, you know, for me, real like bottom of the barrel, like addict, like I when I'm not walking in the light and I'm in the darkness, my conscience isn't really there. And I'm just dancing with the devil. And that that looks like stealing cars and just doing a lot of like crazy things. And that got me in, in, in some trouble. And I'll put it like this. When I left Florida, I was. 185 pounds. Um, I'm 270 right now. I was literally like skin and bone. I had blisters on the bottom of my feet, bleeding from the bottom of my feet, like homeless, just I had nothing. And I got on a plane and I came back up to Boston and uh, my life was just in sham. Really awful shape and all kinds of hep C and all kinds of just the consequences of addiction that they were all over me. And I came back to Boston and it was really messy at first. My family didn't know what to do with me. And I had a meth habit up in Boston now. And it's just, life got really dark. But I hit some type of bottom that made me reach out to God. And God is in a huge part of my story, obviously. A huge believer. And I know that the whole way through, God has been with me. Just holding my hand through it. And I had to grow. I had to learn like the hard way. And bang my head up against the wall in a lot of different areas, but kind of made me the man I am today. So when I reached out to God and really surrendered, he started putting different opportunities in my path that I took. And it looked like detox. It looked like going to a holding, which is basically another place that you have a bed. I stayed there for 17 days. And then I got put into a place called North Cottage down a little bit south in Massachusetts. And it was all of a sudden I'm with a hundred men and we're all trying to get clean and we're all trying to do the right thing. And it's meetings every day and just getting like camaraderie and fellowship and the really the things that get us going when we first hit the rooms and we start getting into the steps and we learn about ourselves and the disease. And when I got around these guys, I always end up becoming some type of lead wherever I'm at. Like people come to me and I kind of embrace that. I always have. It's always been something. I'm a big guy. I'm 6'4". I always like hope I have a presence about me. And like I said, I try to embrace it when it comes to the recovery thing, because I've been through so much. And at this point, if I can't help someone because of what I've been through, it's what, what is the, what's the, what was the point of it all? I feel like I went through all of the stuff I went through and came out on the other side so I can now help other people who are going through the same stuff I did. And I found my brother died in 2016, started writing. So that's where that all started. How did your brother die? So drug overdose, fentanyl. He was. And that's a, a thing level. right now with the fentanyl, like all around. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you go, the United States, Canada, it's everywhere. Yeah. And that was one of the things that the driving, not, not the only driving force between behind myself getting sober too. But it's not even worth it anymore. The things that go into the drugs. There's fentanyl plus tons of other things. It's not more. even cocaine you're getting. It's not even heroin you're getting anymore. It's not even sometimes it's not even meth yeah. you're getting anymore. So. It's crazy to see what I see downtown here in the city I live in. And I'm only a city of just under 200,000, but the epidemic is real everywhere. It's oh, yeah. it's very sad to see. It's nice to see some friends that I know in recovery. They are now outreach workers working the streets and stuff like that. Right. I go, I really highly suggest to anyone listening to 
Go to your local pharmacy, get that naloxone kit. I always carry one in my car. There's always one in my knapsack just in case. I never know what I'm going to walk out to downtown here. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I have 23 overdoses and that all they all basically come from fentanyl. And at the end of the day, heroin went away. Where I'm at, all it is fentanyl. Down south, down in Florida, that's all that is around. That's all you can get. And, it's all around uh, anywhere. It's, it's not even any yeah, of those exactly. drugs that you think cocaine. It's not that stuff anymore. That wasn't my thing exactly. either, fentanyl or whatever. It's yeah, just so crazy. It's, it's it really is an epidemic and it's not only that a couple of years later my godfather committed suicide and that just goes into the mental health of the depression that comes with the darkness like in this life you're either in the darkness or you're walking in the light and you're spiritually sound, you have God in your life, or you just don't. And when you don't, and you're walking the other way, especially if you're an addict, or if you have mental health problems, things get so dark, that it's just, it's almost, it's just, it's hard to even wrap your head around it. And I found out pretty clearly that that I was going to continue overdosing and I didn't have many shots left literally I really didn't and the last one I got pulled out of my car by a cop they had to smash the wind and it's just I had a DUI my license is still taken away from that and that happened in 2018 and these are just consequences of the disease of addiction and right now like I'm living the best life I can I work hard and I work hard to my dad talks about protecting your peace and searching like for peace and pursuing peace. And that's what I'm big on today is peace because we were talking about earlier, that inner turmoil and that just that nightmare that goes on inside, like I said, like in the darkness, it's just not something that I'm willing to play with anymore. Like I said, like right now, fishing has become my biggest outlet and uh, that's almost a daily thing like I my girl I, she likes to fish too and it really brings us together and it's so peaceful out there and I could fish for five six hours time goes by and like I think about it and I'm like wow look at that I didn't think about getting high once and that to me is just one more thing when like music's huge but sometimes music doesn't do it for me, you know and like I was going, like I was saying when I talked about my brother dying, it's, that's when I started writing. And um, now, is that right. the first time you started getting into music? Was when your brother passed away back in twenty sixteen? So, like, or had you been into in, music before then? So, obviously, like music in general, my dad was like classic rock, played the guitar, and like I got into all like some. I was really well rounded with music, but growing up, I sang. I was in chorus like all through school. And, uh, but never really took it like that seriously because it was chorus. So I like wanted to be the cool kid. I wanted to see what it was all about. And I knew I was pretty good at it, but I never really pursued it at all. And then once my brother died, like within three days of my brother dying, I wrote my first poem. It was basically all about him and it was wicked sad. I actually lost it. I don't have it anymore, but now it's evolved. Now I'm right. Those were just poems, you know, and I was making like a video here and there, but now I'm writing full songs and recording songs and uh, collaborating with different artists. And it's really something special because I have, since the very start, I've gone about just, I make music for people in recovery. And that is what I, that's the music I make. It is for people in recovery who are trying to, you know, 
10 toes down, hold on for dear life and just fight, let's fight. And I want people to hear in my lyrics that you can have hope after. Because I talk about the darkness and I talk about how it was, but then I am talking about God and what he's done for me. And I love to just show people that there is hope. And the last few songs I put out are really, they're geared towards people like directly in recovery. And I'm excited about it. But it's not everything. Like when it first happened, TikTok was like huge for me. And it, I, it got out of hand and I had to reel it back in. And I think that's really important for people listening. You can't let social media let let you get out of your character and take your whole life away. And that's what happened for me. I was just so consumed by TikTok and social media and what people thought. And I had um, to get rid of TikTok. I, I focus on yeah. Instagram and that's it. If I have too many things on the go with my ADHD, I get out yeah. of control and my manic modes go into hyper focus and, yep. and then I'm all so, in on one. <laughs> yeah. So I actually had, to, I took off Facebook and Instagram from New Year's until May. I think it was May. And in those months, I think it was five months, I, I, it was the best I've ever felt. It was it really was so. I advise anybody to do that. Just try it for a month, and you'd be blown away by by what it can do for you. I did no just, social media for almost four years, but oh, I was. Yeah, but I deleted everything. No, I didn't want anyone to know who I was. I was in full. You blown were just addiction. off the grid. Yeah, I was off the grid in full blown addiction, though. That at that point, oh, like, I'm man. almost clean three years, but. I didn't want anyone to know what Chris was doing. So I just got rid of everything. I had a cell oh, I phone. <laughs> but I that, that's what I that's how it, that's actually smart, you know, that because so that's another portion of my story. Like I was basically publicly on social media going through these different things, manic episodes, talking about all kinds of crazy stuff, but I was on there really my addiction was like put on display and that today is something that still really haunts me because I don't, there's a lot of people that I know personally close to me that really just do not have anything to do with me. And it's because of something along the way that just scared them off. And it sucks because as addicts, we come into recovery and we put all these pieces back together and we become like the best versions of ourselves. But all those people out there still remember the shitbag versions of us. And that's something that I have to pray about. I, I, I have to give it to God because it's something that I really do struggle with people's opinion of me. And I want people to accept me and I want people to love me and I want people to believe in me. But it's... At the other end of the table, I, I wanted the same thing too, but it's all within our actions and proving ourselves now too, because we can't yeah. just go out and, all right, Mike, I want Mike to like me today. You know, even though I was a piece of shit for many years, it just doesn't work like that. And in, in our addicts brains though, too, we just think it, it's going to happen the snap of the finger. No, it does. And I found out the hard yeah. way too, three years ago. I had to work my ass off to get my kids back in my life. I had to do three, four, five clean tests before I was even allowed to see my daughter. And that took a while, you know what I mean? With how many drugs were in my system. Yeah. But even after eight months, six months clean, I was still pissing fucking dirty. Oh, uh, I imagine. Oh, but the, that story, just to be able to say that, to be able to say that you did that 
And just to be able to look someone in the face and say that I fought for my for the right to have my child back, that is so powerful, man. And that is just that's hope. That's the stuff that that's like just a miracle, man. It's awesome. No, it is, man, for sure. It's so awesome. how do you set appropriate and achievable goals in your life today now? So I make, I'm a big, I write lists daily, like daily lists. So I'm not really someone that is very good at saying, all right, this weekend I'm going to do this and this. I'm really bad at like planning out stuff like that. I usually like to go with the flow. Like you even saw like trying to get this podcast was every, it was just always something that it's hard for me. But if I write a list, I like to do it the night before for just the day I am it's almost scary how pinpoint accurate I am with daily goals and that for me even I'll break it down into like my workouts like going to the gym like I'll write specific workouts and I have to like I don't know maybe that's just how I am but that's how it works for me you know that's definitely how I write lists. That's how I would answer that question because it's such a. And that could be the bipolar in you, though, too, with the hyper focus on things and the manic, manic in a good way because there's, there's a negative manic oh, yeah. and positive manic. Oh, yeah. And I do know that. And, Absolutely. And even with my mental illness with ADHD, too, same thing. Like I hyper focus on things, but I yeah. like the list, though, too. Small attainable goals are always oh, yeah. you know, build up to those bigger things. Absolutely. Stack them all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So if you could meet any one entrepreneur, living or dead, who would it be for you, Mike? I honestly, obviously, I'm going to say Jesus, right? That's for me. That is absolutely who I would want to have a conversation with. But I have that conversation with him daily. So to answer your question on a more, wow. Is there a hip hop artist? That's a, that you might want I mean, to- yeah, obviously Eminem has was a huge, just lyrically, someone that I've always looked at. Well, but he's not, in sobriety too, man. Exactly. He's in recovery. One of his albums called The Recovery was just, it helped me at a time where I really needed. But wow, that's such an interesting question. And I would love to, so there's this book right here, Charles Stanley. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. But he is, he's a pastor down in Georgia, and he is one of the most devout Christian. I'm a Christian, and that's just, it is what it is. It's really what I believe. So anybody that I can expand my knowledge and wisdom about God is just someone I would love to sit next to. So I would definitely say him. That's the, hey man, everyone has their own person and stuff, and that's yeah, okay, man. Absolutely. It's all you know about diversity and inclusivity, if absolutely. that's even a word, but I made it up today. No, it is, absolutely. <laughs> it is a word for sure. And it's just it's a great you know, question, if, though. If that's not everyone believes in God, Jesus, or whoever it yep. is, Allah, whoever it is you believe yep. in, like I have a higher power, and it's just yep. the universe and my kids, man, and everyone has their own yeah. higher power. Now, that that being said, and I want to have a discussion just because, you know, you're a Christian stuff. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, man. It's just all about having a conversation because I have, I don't believe in other people shoving their religion down in people's throats. You know what I mean? If if someone says, hey, I'm not about that, but I'm open to have a conversation. 
but every yeah. day shoving it down your throats. What are your thoughts on that, man? All right. I can actually answer that really. I feel like I could answer that well because to be honest with you, that's how I grew up. My dad was saved by Christ in 2001 on 9-11, crazy story. And he went, I'm talking, handed out Bibles, was really like, Jesus freak, really. And I was his son. I was around all the time. He had full custody. So I was getting it just shoved down my throat to the point where I was, he was making me read scripture before school. I was in tears. He was making me read Proverbs 1. So I know what that is. I feel like... Because of that, I'll never do that to somebody. And I'll always, I'm very good at feeling out someone. So if I see someone doesn't want to talk about it, you know what? Like it says in the Bible, I'm going to dust my feet off. I already planted the seed. I talk about it all day long. I talk about God. So I know that I've talked about it enough. I don't need to go and have this extra conversation every day with someone, especially. That's just not my thing. I'm more like... Like what I found is in my music, people can hear my lyrics and I'm not even telling them they have to do this. I'm just saying this is because all it is just like so there are some people that literally say the group of drunks, right? The group of AA is their higher power and that saved them. And who am I to say that that's not like what is saving them at that time? And I'm, I think it's, I think it's amazing because a lot of the time you bring up Christ and people's feathers are ruffled all of a sudden. And I think that interests me and I love that. But I also do, I do not want, I don't want confrontation really over, over God because I'm always just, I'm just a believer, man. And I just, I'm, I try to just live my life and try to, be around other believers the best I can. But I also know when to differentiate like someone who's in early recovery, who's in AA or who comes into NA or something and they're crawling in their skin. You know, they don't need to hear about G. They don't need to hear about Christ. They need to hear that. Listen, man, if you don't get high today and you call me tomorrow, we'll go grab a coffee and I'll show you like a couple yeah, they things. Need here they need they're to in hear the right that. place, man. Exactly. They're here. They're here for a reason, man. So there's that for me, for sure. That's no, I appreciate that. That was like an honest chat, man, just because I've lost. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't say a close friend and I'm not going to name names or anything. I don't even feel they'll listen to the show, but that's okay. But it was every, he went to recovery. It was a Christian based recovery, but it was, it's all about Jesus. Like it's either this way or the highway that nothing else is. And it's just every time you talk to him, it's Mike, I, 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 I respect anyone's religion, whatever you guys believe in, you know what I mean? Yep. But you don't need to shove it down your throat to the point that it's like, if I say something the wrong way, it's that I'm judging him now, but I'm not though. Absolutely. It, it sounds like you're judging me, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, but yeah, and that's know, why I just wanted to get a conversation about that going. Yeah. And no disrespect towards you at all, man. Like at everyone all. has not their options, their choices to do what they want yeah. in life, man. And I respect that. Yeah, not at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it was a good conversation I felt there. And that's what I just wanted yeah, to get that absolutely. off my chest. That's what man. it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely what it's all about. And I think that those fanatic people, those people that just can't help themselves but to jam it down your throat, you know, I just those aren't necessarily, that's not really necessarily what it's all about. And I'm a, I mean, talk about, I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a diehard Christian. Like I'm, 
I promise you. But I, I'll never be that guy who's just who's going to say, if you don't do this, then you're going to hell. Because it's just not, that's not really, I'm not God. And I'm in no position to play that position. So that's that. Fair enough, man. I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, it leads me into my next question too. Why is it important though to know how to handle feedback, overcome those who criticize you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important. I think on so in real life, like obviously it's it's a little it's obviously different when it's like right there in your face and you're maybe it's like constructive criticism. But I think you're more tested with it like on social media or, or like over through the computer maybe text or something like especially like feedback like i'm doing out on tiktok or social media i'm putting out these videos and constantly like getting vulnerable with people and putting my story out there and i need to know and i think that this is the first thing is people need to know it's coming there's criticism coming you're everybody out there is not going to be cool with what you're doing they're gonna pick something up that you that they want to put you down for or whatever it is but for me personally as how i take criticism if it's like just totally like ignorant and just just a flagrant i'm just i'm usually i delete that stuff and i just keep it moving but um, when it comes to criticism I'm all about like growth and trying to figure out how to be better somehow or another. And usually criticism is a great way to learn because you're, you're listening to someone else, what they want or what they think is better or right. And you know, it's, I think how you deal with criticism is a lot to do with like your experience just in life. Just how well do you deal with things that just don't go your way in life or at 7-Eleven or at Tim Hortons or whatever you got, wherever you guys are at up there. If someone gives you a dirty look, it's the same thing. If someone says, Hey, I don't know. I don't really like how you said that. Or why you, I get this a lot. Like, why are you so angry? You're, you rap, like you're so angry. And like, I'll be talking up. My lyrics will be like, I swear it's all fun and games until your best friends in the coffin. They get that tube down their throat. And that's when we want to start talking uh, take a look at your Facebook. You'll see that bodies are dropping. Uh, dealers cutting with poison, so overdoses aren't shocking. I think it's time for hostility, because these rappers, they're killing me. Think they need some humility. So it's like, I'm talking about real life. People are dying out there. Yeah, that's people raw. Are that's literally. real. So it's like, when I have this aggression, like people are... People are like, why are you so angry? And it's just, those are the people that just don't get it. Those are the people that aren't, haven't been to the funerals and they don't hear the moms crying. They don't know. They don't get it. So that's a lot of the time you're getting criticism. You have to also realize that the people that are giving you criticism aren't necessarily always the most well put together people either. We're all really trying to figure this whole thing out dude like I, and, and it's all and about I'm just taking it the right way like you said if it's a very flagrant offside comment or message to you there's always that delete button that block button yeah you know what i mean you choose to make that choice to engage you gotta know that there's repercussions to you engaging yeah, in this now so if you don't engage there's nothing to worry about 100 percent. that could be my that's my two cents worth there you choose yeah. to engage 
it's game on then. Like you, you've Absolutely. already opened up that can of worms now. If you answer that comment or that you know, DM or whatever. What I will say this, my, my girlfriend points it out every so often, but I have, I've been really fortunate. I'm really blessed that I don't have that much negative feedback. I don't have, I'm on TikTok a lot and I see a lot of comments in these people under these people's videos. I'm like, wow, like these people are getting just dogged. Like people are really coming at people just, and I don't really deal with that at all. I've been really fortunate. I think just the people that see my stuff are like mostly people in recovery and they, a lot of my videos, I'm just, I ask people to drop their city or to, Drop the drop a purple heart or whatever the case may be, and it's just I've been really blessed to be like respected, I guess you could say. And even on my like private on Facebook and Instagram, I don't really have people, and I don't know if it's because, like I said earlier, like they're scared of me or what the case is. Like I I was like a nutcase back in the day, but I don't really get as much negative feedback as I know I could. Or maybe I even should, but uh, that's just something to be grateful for, you know? For sure, man. You got to yeah. know that it might come around sometime and you got to be prepared Absolutely. for it though, too. Not Absolutely. Don't let your emotions get the best to you as it has for lots of my life. Sometimes I still oh, yeah. got to get those emotions in check when someone cuts me off or someone flies oh, yeah. by and almost hit. You got to think in your head, put yourself in there, those people's shoes. Maybe they they have somewhere very important to go. Maybe they're rushing to a loved one at the hospital. Yeah. You don't know. And that's yeah. okay. I'm just going to keep yep. on driving and not worry about him and chase him down like I would before back in my exactly. old days. <laughs> exactly. My dad used to say that. So yeah, I agree, man. I, I said, you, you, Kalichi. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I met he, him. Yeah? That's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. He actually came down and spoke at a treatment center I was at. Oh, nice. I don't know. Do you ever Maybe see yourself collabing with him sometime? I would obviously I would love to. He's he he paved the way for the recovery. He really did, man. Crap, it was amazing. You know? I had him on my show back last saw last that. year or whatever and yeah and, i saw that and it's just he's such a humble guy yeah he gave me his so like phone number not that his phone number, he'll give it to anyone but he's yeah not it wasn't the same guy that i thought it would be in the songs or whatever. he's just very humble and soft-spoken yeah he's, he's not a man he, of many he, words when you have him in an interview though so <laughs> i met him i met him literally shook his hand and it was after a meeting he's the same way up close yeah. but he's like i said he's, he's a tall dude too he's a big guy too yeah 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 <laughs> He's from Pittsburgh, so yeah, good old Pittsburgh. But yeah, yeah he's no, got man, that man. accent and everything. But yeah, of <laughs> course, I would love to. I would love to. I just, I'm just at this place where I'm just letting things fall in my lap, and yeah, and it has been going that way. Like things, just one song. I'm doing Dear Heroin. That's the next song I'm going to record. I think it's going to be really something special. I think it's going to be powerful. It's basically a letter to. My addiction, like they say in treatment, they are always saying. Like, I remember right writing that letter. letter in my first treatment center back when I yeah. was 22, 23, man. And yeah, I remember so I'm writing that song. Letter. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I'm and, excited I, about and I may that. have to dig that up or even rewrite it and just publish it. Yeah, even though it's I so powerful. Three, even just to years. read it again for yourself. Yeah. I wouldn't have a clue where it would be. I'd have to rewrite it again, and that's okay. Oh, I yeah, have a more exactly. clear mind now. Exactly. <laughs> A much awesome. clearer mind. And I appreciate where you coming on today as well. I got another question in a second, but 
where can everyone find you find your music and stuff like that your instagram drop those handles and stuff so everyone can go follow yeah, you. so my i just go by my name mike d natale it's d-i capital n-a-t-a-l-e and that's what i am on in all music platforms it's just mike d natale and then on tiktok instagram mike.dnatale and uh, yeah and i'll drop yeah, all this I, in the show notes everyone as well so that's awesome but like i said i have fear god love god thank god's country no mercy hell and back upon your entrance all of these songs happened in recovery so that is where all the hope lies it's like i didn't do shit in my addiction i did nothing with my life i amounted to nothing and it was awful and i should have been dead so many times over but when i found recovery and I reached out to God and I got around some people that were in recovery and they had God. Things started getting really good and it wasn't quick. Life is good, man. Life is really like good. Like cliche as it is, it's just one day at a time like the old saying is. It really is. For anything really in life, it doesn't have to be, if, it doesn't matter if it's addiction. With anything you're doing in life, take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Don't, you know take one so step true. and then a jump in front of the other then back to another step yep. just one step foot in front of the other that's my all mom you says do. it literally every, when i stop that's her goodbye like she'll say one day at a time michael and then she'll buy like it's that's how she texts like goodbye like she says one day at a time and it keeps me like it just keeps me there and that's all we have is today one night I'll say my prayers tonight and I'll thank God for this podcast and the ability to just be honest and vulnerable and just let people know, listen, like you don't have to keep struggling. You don't have to keep getting high. Like you can get out, get yourself in a detox, just grab onto God's hand and just surround yourself with people on the same mission as you. And that's what was told to me. And that's what I've been doing and it's been working. So that's amazing, man. Before we go though, Got one last quick question here, man. Do you have a quote or a mantra that you come back to on your sobriety journey to keep you motivated every day? So I'm just, I don't know why, but this is just, this is on just on my mind. So whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. And that's basically just seeking peace and pursuing it, man. Like I said earlier, it's like, obviously I could give you a, a bunch of really motivational, like sports quotes and all this stuff, but I'm all about seeking peace and pursuing it. That's my I love thing. it, man. I love yeah. it. If, if anything today, you know, what I learned from this episode, everyone was just about finding peace your inner peace though, that inner turmoil and turning it into peacefulness. And just go out and enjoy today, everyone. And I want to thank you again for coming on the show today, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. And everyone go check out his music across all platforms and I'll drop everything in the show notes too. Thanks, thanks again so and have a great day.